Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World, a teaching ministry focused on providing an understanding of God's grace, which will empower you to change your world and live the overcoming life. Now, to find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubinministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's teaching. We want to really understand today that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Grace. Now, this is important to understand because sometimes people have this wrong impression and they think that the Holy Spirit is the one who brings conviction, or excuse me, who brings condemnation. Uh, In other words, that the Holy Spirit is the one who makes you feel guilty and condemned. You know, it's along those lines of, Alex, I sinned, but at least I know I got the Holy Ghost because I sure feel bad. I sure, I sure feel condemned. Amen. But what I want you to understand is that the Holy Spirit will never condemn you. Now, the Holy Spirit will convict you. He'll show us uh, areas where we can improve. But it's really conviction without condemnation. The Bible says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And so you want to understand that the Holy Spirit is, is, is the Spirit of grace. Amen. And, and, and He's really there uh, to help you to become all that God has created you to be. He's really there to uh, help you to succeed in this Christian life. And what I mean is, is to live in victory, is to really see the manifestations of what the finished works of Jesus has already made available to you. And so the Holy Spirit is crucial. Amen. He's your unseen partner. And so we want to understand that we want to absolutely rely upon the Spirit of grace. And so in the book of Zechariah, Uh, chapter 4, verse 6, this is what he says. Watch this. He says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. In other words, he's saying, What's getting ready to happen in your life, friend, it's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by power. In other words, It's not going to be because of your self-effort. It's not going to be because of your perfect performance. It's not going to be because you you kept, uh, you know, all the rules and regulations. No, he's saying what's getting ready to happen, it's going to be by my spirit. Now, not by might nor by power. I want you to understand that that is grace that that is really describing grace. And so the Holy Spirit is our unseen partner. And so we want to begin to uh, rely and depend upon the Holy Spirit. What does that look like? You know, that looks like this. We still do our part. In other words, we're not talking about inactivity. We still do our part. You know, we get into the Word. Uh, We meditate the Word. We do what we can do. But watch this. When you're relying upon the Spirit of grace, what happens is that there is a rest that comes. What happens is that you're doing your part, but you're doing it without sweating. Amen. We're really talking about sweatless victory. When we talk about this year being a year of exceeding glory, we want to understand that this is not going to happen by us sweating, you know, the way the world does it. No, this is really going to happen by us understanding the role of the Holy Spirit in every believer's life. And so we want to live lives dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 7. He says, Who art thou, O great mountain? 
And that's what you want to say every now and then to the challenges in your life. In other words, you want to say, who art thou, health challenge? Who art thou, financial challenge? Who art thou, marriage challenge? Amen. That's what you want to say to the mountains in your life. He says, before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, grace, grace unto it. And so every now and then you say, who art thou? Challenge. Amen. And then you say, grace, 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 grace. You want to learn to say grace, grace, understanding that the spirit of grace is at work in your life, understanding that your unseen partner is there to elevate you into the realm of the supernatural. Now, the supernatural simply means that you're not limited merely by the natural uh, laws and processes. You know, when the supernatural invades your life, that looks like this. You know, the doctor says, we saw something on the x-ray. Uh, it's, it's, it's a disease. There's no cure uh, for that. There's nothing we can do. Well, there's a natural process that would now happen as a result of that. But you see, when the supernatural invades your life, that's when you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. That's, that's when you stand on the word that says that by his stripes you were healed. That's when perhaps somebody lays hands on you. And so you, 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 you rely now upon the Holy Spirit uh, uh, to work, praise God, uh, on your behalf as, as, as you're doing everything you can do. And then you go back to the doctor and what they saw before, it's no longer there. Well, that's a supernatural intervention. And so, as you rely upon the Spirit of Grace, you want to be prepared for supernatural intervention to take place in your life. In fact, I want you uh, to say out right now, say out loud right now, Grace, Grace. Amen. Grace, Grace. That's what we are called to do. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, uh, verse 29. Uh, let's... Uh, review this. We've looked at these scriptures before. I'm going to look at this in the King James uh, first and then also uh, in the Amplified. Now, and I really want you to notice just the last part of the verse, but I'll read the whole verse. Uh, he says in the King James, he says, Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under the foot of who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant where which he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto, watch this, the Spirit of grace. And so really all I want you to see is, I want you to see from Scripture, that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of grace. Now look at this in the Amplified. He says, How much worse, sterner, heavier punishment do you suppose he will be judged to deserve, who has spurned and thus trampled underfoot the Son of God, and who has considered the covenant blood by which he was consecrated common, and unhallowed and thus profaning and insulting and outraging watch watch it here it is the holy spirit who imparts grace watch this now the holy spirit he imparts grace which is the unmerited favor and the blessing of god and so not only is the holy spirit the spirit of grace the holy spirit imparts grace and so what does that mean now the holy spirit imparting the grace of god into your life it looks like this. The Holy Spirit imparting the grace of God is when the Holy Spirit is at work in you. You see, that's when supernatural transformation takes place in your life. In other words, uh, you may have been struggling with an addiction for some time. You haven't quite been able to break it. And so the Holy Spirit imparting the, the, the grace of God means that he's at work on the inside of you. 
and, 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 and praise God, as, as, as you rely on the Spirit of grace, what happens is that He will help you to supernaturally break free from that addiction. Now, remember this, I've said this before, that when we talk about grace, we're not talking about a doctrine. We're not talking about a curriculum. No, friends, I want you to understand that grace is a person and His name is Jesus. Amen. Grace is a person. His name is Jesus. How many know the Bible says uh, Jesus full of grace and truth? Amen. And so Jesus, watch this, he is at work in us through his Holy Spirit. I'm really going to show you today how Jesus and the Holy Spirit are really inseparable. Amen. How they kind of work together. And so as, as we believe the word of grace, in other words, we believe this gospel, we hear the good news about the finished works of Jesus Christ, and we believe this word of grace, and, and we behold Jesus in his word. I want you to know that the spirit of grace is now transforming us from the inside out. And so the grace of God being imparted into your uh, spirit is when you have a living encounter, real, living, authentic encounter with, with Jesus, praise God. You see, you can't really come to know Jesus. You can't really come to know him, man, without being transformed. <laughs> you see, that's what he does. He's, he's, in, he's in the heart transformation business. Amen. And so, and so the Holy Spirit imparting the grace of God is when this transformation takes place. And so what I want us to understand today is, is that grace, as I said, it's not a curriculum. It's not a doctrine. It's a person. His name is Jesus. But what I want us to understand also is that grace is a living reality that is at work. Grace is a living reality that is at work in every born-again believer. And, and, and it's really this grace working in us. It's the spirit of grace working in us that creates transformation from the inside out. Uh, turn with me to uh, the book of Titus, chapter 2. Uh, the book of Titus, chapter 2, starting at verse 11. Uh, I said I was going to talk about uh, living by the Spirit versus living by the letter. And one of the first things we want to understand is, again, that grace, and this is, you know, huge. The, the Lord really showed me this recently. We want to understand that, that when, when the Bible talks about grace, new covenant grace, the grace that's available to us in Christ, uh, he's really talking, man, he's really talking about the Spirit of grace. You see, it's something very profound that happens when you no longer look at something merely from an intellectual perspective. You know, you can intellectually understand grace and still miss it. In other words, grace is, is something that's kind of a, a controversial subject in the body of Christ. There's uh, certain people who are kind of opposed to, to grace. In other words, they'll say, well, Alex, if you uh, preach too much grace, you're giving people a license to sin. And so I kind of really started to wonder about that uh, because, you know, we, we are under the covenant of grace. The covenant that we're under is the covenant of grace. Uh, the gospel that we ought to be sharing with the world is the gospel of grace. Amen. And so what I want, started to wonder is, well, then how can, how can there be so much opposition in the body of Christ against grace when Jesus is full of grace and truth and, 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 and when, we, when we ought to be sharing the grace of God with the world, the gospel of grace. And so what the Lord showed me 
was that you can't really fully understand grace without the spirit of grace. In other words, you can't merely understand it intellectually. You can know everything intellectually about grace and still miss it because you need the Holy Spirit, the spirit of grace, to really make it real to your heart. Grace is not something that can merely be understood with the mind. No, grace has to be understood through the heart. And so I trust this is making uh, sense to you guys. And so let's look at some things here in uh, the book of Titus uh, chapter 2, which I really think is, is going to be uh, very powerful. Uh, Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says this. He says, he says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Now let's stop right there. How many know that the grace of God that bringeth salvation that's talking about Jesus? Amen. Again, Jesus uh, full of grace and truth. And uh, really what this verse is saying is that Jesus through his finished works has made salvation available to everyone on the planet. In other words, the radical truth of this gospel is that Jesus already shed his blood for the sins of the entire world. And so, friends, the sins of the world are paid for. You know, uh, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins, yet he's also the propitiation for the sins of the entire world. And so no matter uh, who you are, whether you're born again or not, Jesus has already paid the price for your sins. Now, salvation has been made available to everyone on the planet. But let me ask you this, why is not everybody on the planet saved? Well, it's because they haven't all believed. And so what is necessary for a person to actually, to actually benefit from what Jesus has done is to receive the gift. And how do you receive the gift? Well, you believe. I want to really be very radical with you guys, and I'm going to tell you that nobody goes to hell for sinning. No, because uh, Jesus took care of our sin 2,000 years ago, and so the only, the only thing that can send a person to hell is not sin, it's not believing on Jesus. It is rejecting the payment that has been made for our sins. And so he's saying that the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared unto every man, and so it's possible for every man to get saved. Jesus has been made available to the entire world, but it requires a positive response uh, from every individual person. In other words, every individual person has to make a choice to believe on Jesus. Amen. And so uh, he says, The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And now watch verse 12. He says, This grace that has appeared, he says, grace is teaching us. Verse 12 says, teaching us. Grace teaches us, grace teaches us, grace teaches us. What does grace teach us? Grace teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And so notice, grace doesn't teach us to go and sin. You know, Alex, uh, I'm under grace, so I might as well go and sin. No. If that is somebody's mindset. You know, if you think grace is a license to sin, then you really want to examine yourself and you really want to see you really want to see whether or not you're in the faith amen because because uh because the bible says grace teaches us to live right grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present uh world and so under grace we don't sin more 
under grace we sin less but watch this now this is the question I want to ask you I want to ask you this grace teaches us how does grace teach us I want you to think about this now for a moment how does grace teach us now the way you will answer this question friend will determine whether or not you truly understand this covenant of grace because in other words, if somebody answers this question and says, well, grace teaches us, most well, somebody might say grace teaches us through the word, and that is correct. The uh, Grace teaches us through the word. But if somebody were to say, well, grace teaches us by giving us uh, you know, certain steps and certain rules to follow. In other words, here's the 10 points. Do all these 10 points, follow these 10 rules, and then you're under grace. Well, then you've missed it. You see, that's not how grace teaches us. No, friend, grace teaches us, man, this is huge. When I saw this, this is just so huge. This is so powerful. Grace teaches us because grace is, as I said earlier, a living reality on the inside of us. And so grace teaches us how through the spirit of grace working on the inside of us. Grace teaches us because grace is alive on the inside of us, praise God. And grace is molding us and shaping us from the inside out. You see, you can't separate grace from the spirit of grace. To truly understand grace, you need the person of grace, which is Jesus, and you need the spirit of grace, which is the Holy Spirit. And so grace teaches us not through giving us, giving us a set of rules to follow. No, grace teaches us because grace is working on the inside of us. Grace is alive on the inside of us, praise God. In other words, like I was saying, uh, grace is not merely just this intellectual thing. No, you want to understand that grace is spiritual and grace is really the spirit of grace. So I trust you are uh, following me. Uh, this is uh, very powerful. Now, so grace teaches us to live, uh, to live uh, soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Look at verse 13 looking for that blessed hope this is what grace does causing us to look for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great god and our savior jesus christ verse 14 who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works friends i want you to notice that grace does not make you want to go out and sin. He says right here that grace makes you zealous of good works. What does it mean to be zealous of good works? It simply means that you have a desire to live right, praise God. It simply means that the Holy Spirit working in you, uh, uh, he, 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 he gives you the desire uh, to live right. In other words, he'll, he'll start to take away those old desires, you know, those old want-tos. He'll, he'll start to take those away and he'll start to replace them with new desires. Man, what he'll really do is he's going to replace your old desires, praise God. He's going to replace those with God's will for your life. He's going to give you godly desires. He's going to give you a godly vision, a godly dream uh, uh, for your life. And so all of that is the result of the spirit of grace working on the inside of us. Now, if a person says, you know, grace teaches us merely just intellectually in other words grace you know it's it's, it's like a certain uh, set of rules that you have to follow kind of like the ten commandments amen follow these rules if you follow these rules you'll be under grace now if somebody thinks of grace 
in that way. And I truly believe there's a lot of people uh, who, who view grace like that. You know, grace is just a doctrine. Grace is just a curriculum. Grace is just uh, a set of principles. Well, if you're looking at it that way, that's actually an indication that you are living under the letter and not being led by the Spirit. Turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 6. Romans chapter 7, uh, verse 6. Now, what do we mean when we talk about the letter versus the Spirit? The letter versus the Spirit. Now, when the Scripture is talking about the letter, what he's really talking about in the very strictest sense is he's talking about the Law of Moses. The Law of Moses, which is the Ten Commandments, but it's also the 600 plus other uh, commandments that God gave uh, to Israel under that uh, particular uh, covenant. And so the letter is the Law of Moses, but what the letter really is, friends, is the letter is a cut and dry rule system. In other words, the letter will say, do this, and that will happen. It's the law. It's, it's, it's do this, and then God is going to do that. The letter will say, you got to do this. If you do, if you do this, God's going to do that. It's do good, get good. Amen. Now, the letter is cold, it's dry, it's inflexible, and it has no spiritual life. It has no spiritual life. And so you can't be living under the letter where you're trying to follow a certain set of rules. And you, and you can't do that and be led by the Spirit at the same time. Just as you can't mix grace with works, you can't mix living under the letter with being led by the Spirit. Look at this verse, uh, Romans chapter 7, uh, verse 6. He says this, is the Apostle Paul writing to every Christian. He says, uh, he says, but now we are delivered from the law. Stop right there. We're going to get radical, amen. He says, we are delivered from the law, and he's talking about the law of Moses. And so, friend, I'm, 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 I'm showing you right here that if you are in Christ, you are not under the law. You're not under the law of Moses. I told you this is a very important message for people to hear because there's a lot of Christians who are born again, but they're still trying to perform according to the law of Moses. Well, the, the verse here is saying, the Bible is saying, that we are delivered from the law. And he says, that being dead, wherein we were held, watch this now, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. And so let's break this down. He says, we're delivered from the law. Somebody says, Alex, um, what does that mean? I mean, the law is good, right? I mean, the law was given by God. And yes, the law was given by God, but you gotta understand the purpose behind the law. You see, God never gave the law. He, God didn't give the law uh, so that the law could be a blessing to us. Amen. And again, this might be radical, depending on what your, uh, you know, what your denominational background might be. But the law was not given to be a blessing to us. No, the law was given, friends, to bring us to an end of ourselves. The law was given to show us our need for a Savior. And so, uh, that being dead, wherein we were held, is... Well, let me say this. Thank you, Lord. Let me say this, that the law is for spiritually dead people. <laughs> Again, we're getting radical, right? The law is for spiritually dead people. The law is not for people who've been made alive through Christ. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again tomorrow as we continue growing in our understanding of God's grace. Now to find out more about our ministry and to access the full-length audios of this and other teachings, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, go to alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. Now I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on tomorrow's podcast.